Well, we'll give them a moment just to filter through the, the stairs there. How's everybody doing this morning? You all having a great day? You know, I woke up this morning and it felt like fall. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I, I went through my sweater drawer. Bad idea. I put on a sweater and I got here and we started doing practice and I was like, this was a really bad idea. I was like, I can't preach like this. I'm going to be like one of those like southern, you know, black preachers who's just dripping sweat and needing the rag and I'm still going to be like that this morning. So I went through an old box I had up in my office and I found this old ushering shirt from like 15 years ago and I was like, you will have to do in a pinch this morning. So no, we are not migrating back to Word of Faith Fellowship as our name. It's just that's all I had this morning. Well, Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that your word says that you sent your word and healed them. So we thank you, Father, that healing is flowing in this place. We thank you that the word says that, Jesus, you are the word, and you were in the beginning with God. And we thank you that because what came through you, Jesus, was grace and truth, that grace and truth is in this place this morning. We thank you, Holy Spirit, you guide us, you lead us, you show us things to come, you bring things out to our remembrance, you bring revelation this morning, and we thank you for it, in Jesus' name. We give you liberty, yes, we give you liberty. Well, last week, at our summer celebration, I had so much fun, you know, it's great just to get out in a different setting, get out there in the sun, you know, the kids were having fun playing all over the place, going down the slip and slide, and we had all kinds of great food, but we were rip, uh, wrapping up our summer series, which has been on kings, we talked about King Saul, we talked about King David, and then last week we finished with Fat Joe, or Jehoshaphat, and I, I really love the story of Jehoshaphat, it seems like every time I read it, I begin to get more and more and more out of it, and as I told you last week, his name literally means God has judged. He's a picture of the period of grace that we live in, where God already has judged. And so we get to walk in freedom because his judgment has already been passed upon Jesus. It says that he poured out all of his wrath upon Jesus. Jesus took it into the grave and left it there dead. I don't think we need to be resurrecting it. And so we had just such a great time, but I was thinking about that series as a whole, and really when you strip away the stories and all the examples, though that whole summer series was about two things, and the first one is, where are your words taking you? Because they're taking you somewhere, do you know where you're going? You know, you can listen to people and find out where they're going to be. Because your words are setting your direction. The book of James says in chapter 3, verse 2, Indeed, we all make many mistakes. Been there? Come on, we ain't all holy. There's only one perfect. His name was Jesus, and you're not him. It says, Indeed, we make many mistakes. But he says, For if we can control our tongues, not if we can control our actions, if we can control everybody else around us, if we can control the stock market, the economy, the weather, there's so many things we like to insert in there, but he says if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could control ourselves in every other way. That is a large responsibility that James has put on our mouths. And it wasn't James, he was just recognizing what the Holy Spirit was revealing to him. 
And so there's, there's, a, there's a, a power that God has put into us. You realize you're the only animal that talks in this planet. There's things that mimic. I think sometimes we should do a little more mimicking of God. But we've been given the ability to speak because we've been made in the likeness and the image of God. And what did God do in the beginning? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and he said, let there be light. Let there be animals. Let there be water. Let there be fish. Let there be man. And so we've been created in his image. You are a speaking spirit, just like Almighty God. You are his kid. And I like the saying, like father, like son. Actually, I shouldn't say that. I like it. On most days, I find it true. And sometimes my kids are a little bit too much like me in some areas. And there's other ways where i got to improve myself so that they can, you know, follow a different example. But like Daddy God, like his kids. And it says we can, we can make a large horse go wherever we want it by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are so strong. Who's the pilot? You are. So if, if we can make a ship turn on something so little, if we can turn a horse with just a little bit, you can turn your life with the words that you speak. And so listen to where you've been ta- what you've been talking because that's where you're going. James says, in the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. You know, I think I'd like a little more fire in certain areas of my life, and I know how to get it. I know how to get there. What are you saying? Now, the second thing when we strip back all the stories from that series would be this. What have you been meditating on? And I told when we talked about this with David, I told you we weren't talking about Eastern meditation. Let's empty our minds and quiet ourselves. Listen to the breeze and try to focus on emptiness and nothingness. Um, no, that's not what we're talking about at all. The word for meditation in the Bible means to mutter or to speak over or to roar is actually one of it. You know, you can have meditation that is quiet and you can have meditation that is quite loud, but the focus of meditation is what are you focusing on? The word of God says, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it for everyone say then for then I I realize the more and more that I study through the Bible that there are very there is a lot of conditional statements where God says this is what you can do if you'll just focus on this focus on my grace focus on my love align my your words with my words align your thoughts with my thoughts and you'll walk into new areas and so that's what god was telling joshua way back near the beginning of the book hey here's my words think on them and then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success book of psalms says this in chapter 1 verse 1 oh the joys who don't follow the advice of the wicked, or stand around with the sinners, or join in with the mockers. Okay, so that's pretty straightforward. It's good not to listen to dumb people. 
You know, I, I saw, I was listening to a podcast of a great evangelist. He, he holds uh, uh, meetings with like millions of people around the world. And he was talking about a transition he was going through. And the, the guy who was interviewing him said, so, so how did you know that you needed to make these changes. You were like best friends with Billy Graham and you guys did these great crusades together and how did you know you needed to make the changes from what he did to what you're doing now? And he says, well, it's simple. I looked around and saw those who were getting things done and then I talked to them because you don't follow losers. And I was like, that has got to be the most plain, best statement you can have. Find someone who's doing it right and follow them, right? And so here, the, the psalmist starts off with, don't follow in with the wicked. But then he says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. So there's the ones that you can follow what everybody else says, or you can take the word of God and let it be your meditation. And here's what the psalmist tells us happened. happens. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Some people are just like, God, give me one season, once in my life, and I'll be happy. But he says, when you take the word and let it become your meditation, let it to become your foundation stone, stone, you begin to bear fruit every season. And it says, their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. How did they get to that position? They thought and focused and directed their life around what God said. That is just such a simple thing, but how do we miss it so much? You know, I'm, I'm one who's prone to more worry and anxiety, and I find when I get in those moments, if I have a reflection back, the only way I got there is because I was focusing on everything else other than God. And so whenever you find yourself going off in a different direction, where, what have you been focusing on? What have your words been saying and what has your meditation been leading you in? As we talked about David, he said, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. I like that. David was conscious of this fact. Lord, let my words and my meditation, not one or the other, but both be pleasing to you. So as I was thinking about that, I thought about this. What if we don't know what to say? I've been there many times where it's just like words have failed me. I don't know what to pray, God. Maybe you're a newer Christian and you're like, God, I, I don't have the vocabulary to express what I'm feeling. You realize that you don't need to have the vocabulary to express what you're feeling. The Holy Spirit, he'll lead you and it can be something so simple. God's not looking for you to speak the dictionary to him. You know, here's a good one. Help, God. That can be enough. Thank you, God. That can be enough. If you don't know anything else to say, that's good. But I've said it a million times. We'll say it a million more. <laughs> it's better than a lot of things you could be saying. 
And you know, a lot of people like to make little of this topic. I remember I was preaching on grace and someone came up to me after and they're like, you know, I'm just so happy you've been preaching this. I am so tired of having to watch my words. I'm like, so what does standing in God's grace have to do with you not being obedient to what the word told you to do? And a lot, of us, a lot of people are trying to take the responsibility off themselves, but it's a relationship. And relationships require work. How do we know that? Marriages fall apart every day because people don't want to put in the work. Friendships break up every day because people are not willing to put in the work. Now, what is the work? You show up and you be. That's grace. You don't have to make yourself approved before God. God's already said, I love you. I'm pleased with you. There's no checklist you have to go through. It's called a just show up and be loved ministry. But what if we don't know what to say? Well, I like what Jeremiah said. He, he found, he was a young prophet, and as God called him, here's what his response was in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 6. He says, oh, sovereign Lord, I said, I can't speak for you. I'm too young. And the Lord replied, don't say I'm too young. And I think we can put any age in there. Don't say I'm too old. Don't say it's not my time, or my time has passed, or my time hasn't arrived yet. You can put any age group in there. Everyone has felt like this at one time or another. He says, don't say I'm too young, for you must go wherever I send you and say whatever I tell you. Don't be afraid of the people, for I will be with you. I'll protect you. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then the Lord reached out and touched my mouth and said, look, I've put my words in your mouth. And as I was thinking about that, I realized he's given us a book with his words. Your words aren't needed. His will do. So I want to preach a message this morning to you called Psalms on Speed Dial. You know, those people that you love, you can program into your phone that you just hit like one, send, and it calls them because they're important to you. And I've found that there's been portions of the Bible that have become very important to me that I've programmed into my life that when I'm in a situation, I hit the speed dial because I need to talk to God. And I'm not going to just talk anything to God. I want to be specific with God about certain things. And I've found there's one book in particular in the Bible that is awesome for speaking out what I feel when I don't know how to say it. And that's because it's written mostly by a man named David, who we spent the summer looking at, who was, he was a man with a heart after God, but he was also not, a, he was a man that was not afraid to say exactly what was on his mind. God, where are you? <laughs> Been there. I'm ready to give up, God. Been there. My body's failing me, God. My eyes are filled with smoke because the city's burning down, God. Where are you? It's about time you show up, God. But one thing I've noticed is he never left it there. Then he would go, but I will declare your praises from the mountaintops because I know you're faithful and you always come through. One of my favorite is, I will lift up my eyes unto the mountains. Where does my help come from? It comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. 
And so I've learned that there's situations that the psalmists have already walked through and have already spoken, and they remind me of the goodness of God, so why do I need my own words when I've got psalms on speed dial? One of my most favorite psalms, which we're going to start with this morning, is Psalm 27. And this one has helped me through a lot of times, but it starts off this verse 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? Which tells me David was wanting to be afraid in that moment. Now, a few weeks ago, we read Psalm 34, and we told you that that psalm was written in the midst of a trial with David where Doeg the Edomite had just destroyed his entire supply network and was now chasing him down with an army. This one was written at the exact same time, which tells me you're not done speaking after once. Whenever you need to, stir yourself up again. There was Psalm 34 for that purpose, and then he's like, you know what? I'm down again. Let's write Psalm 27 and do it again. So he says, the Lord is my light and my salvation, so why should I be afraid? The Lord is my fortress, protecting me from danger. Why should I tremble? Those words are very important because David had just lost his fortresses and he'd lost his protection. He'd lost his shelters. And he's realizing that what he had naturally was not the end. He still got God. I remember... Uh, it was Mark Hankins, was, uh, he was pastoring at the time, he doesn't pastor now, but the largest giver in his church came into his office and said, I want you to change what you're preaching, I want you to preach this or I'm out the door. And he said, well, there's the door. <laughs> and so the guy left and then he, left and got, he said to God, he's like, God, the largest giver in my church just walked out the door. And he said, no he didn't. <laughs> he's like, yeah he did, God, you want me to show you the books? And he says, no, he didn't. I'm still here. And so David was in a position like that. He's lost everything, and he's realizing, I've lost nothing. I've still got God. He says, when evil people come to devour me, when my enemies and foes attack me, they will stumble and fall. Though a mighty army surrounds me, my heart will not be afraid. Even if I'm attacked, I will remain confident. That's a good preemptive one to be speaking. Even if I get attacked, I will remain confident. Tell yourself what you're going to do before you need to do it. Isn't that what we preached? The habits you form in the good times will determine your predominant response in the bad. One thing I ask of the Lord and the thing I seek the most is to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, delighting in the Lord's perfection and meditating in his temple. David couldn't go into the temple at this point in time. His enemies controlled them all. So he made right where he was his temple. For he will conceal me there when troubles come. And he will hide me in his sanctuary. And he will place me out of the reach on a high rock. Make much about what God said he'll do. Because we often talk a lot about what other people are wanting to do and what we can't do. But God has spoken a lot about what he already has done for you. So make much of his plans. 
says, then I'll hold my head high above my enemies who surround me at his sanctuary. I will offer sacrifices with shouts of joy, singing and praising the Lord with music. When you don't know what else to do, go ahead and throw a dance party. Crank the music up and get your dance on. Get your praise on. Go ahead and worship God. You know, if people can shout when someone throws a pigskin across a line and someone catches it or someone kicks a soccer ball in a net, surely you can get a shout on when God says, I have turned your captivity. I would rather say all of these things don't move me, but God, I'll let you move me any day. I will praise you with my heart and my soul. I'll praise you with my emotions. I'll praise you with my attitudes. I'll praise you with my songs. Whatever it takes. Hear me as I pray, O Lord, and be merciful and answer me. My heart has heard you say, come and talk to me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. I love that. That has pulled me out of so many moments when I realize that I'm not waiting on God, God's waiting on me. Lord, I'm coming. Lord, I will. That reminds me of Hebrews 4.16. Let us come boldly before the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. I, I like that it doesn't say, actually maybe I don't like that it says it, I'll come to you, and I'll bring my throne to you. I think that's what most people would like. Lord, come to me. He says, no, you come boldly. You get up off your butt and move. You might just find that on your way to God, you've walked out of the problem you were facing. It's like that country song. If you're going through hell, keep on going, because you might just get out before the devil even knows you're there. Which tells me, though it's, it, it lines up really theologically, a lot of the problems aren't his fault, they're yours. I digress. <laughs> Verse 10. Even if my father and my mother abandon me, the Lord will hold me close. You know, so many people look around at who is for them or who is not for them when it really doesn't matter. you still got the Lord but I'm so alone, Pastor Jordan. No, you're not. I I like to say it this way. If you need encouragement, encourage somebody. If you're lonely, find someone else who's lonely and spend time with them. You'll find your way out. Teach me how to live, O Lord. Lead me along the right path, for my enemies are waiting for me. Do not let me fall into their hands, for they accuse me of things I've never done, and with every breath they threaten me with violence. Yet... I am confident I will see the Lord's goodness while I'm here in the land of the living. I see the goodness of the Lord right here. I see the goodness here today. I don't have to wait for eternity. God's goodness has already found me. My God's goodness has already surrounded me. (laughs) And so then David gives a little advice to himself. Wait patiently for the Lord. Be brave. Be courageous. This is David talking to himself. He's changed the focus. 
And then he answers his own advice. Yes, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. You know, they say you're crazy if you talk to yourself. I'm like, you're crazy if you don't. Yes, wait patiently for the Lord. Let's do another one. Psalm 37 says, don't worry about the wicked or the envy who do wrong. Of all the things you could worry about, other people are like the least on the list. It says, for like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Trust in the Lord and do good. Then you will live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. You should write that one down. Note takers? John's got it. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you your heart's desires. Oh, but Pastor Jordan, he gives me what I need. Yeah, he does. But he also gives you your heart's desires. There's a difference. Commit everything you do to the Lord, trust Him, and He will help you. I've never found a verse where it says, the Lord will not help you. It doesn't exist. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn, and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Then he gives some advice. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. You ready for this next one? This will set people free. Stop being angry. You know, out of the mouth of babes, we were, we were driving through a town yesterday and there was people out, it was a beautiful day, they're going through all the shops, and Harrison's sitting beside me in the jump seat, and uh, he says to me, he says, Daddy, why are all the people mad? And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, look at them. There's nobody smiling. Nobody's happy. And so I took it as a moment to say, well, you know, in life, things happen. Bad things happen, and some people choose to harden their hearts. But you don't have to have it be that way, Harrison. You can call on God and hand it over to Him and keep on smiling. And then I thought about this verse. <laughs> Stop being angry. It's not worth it. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm. For the wicked will be destroyed, but those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Hallelujah. All right, we got to do this one because this one's just way too good for you not to know. Psalm 103 says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities who heals all your diseases 
That's something you need on your speed dial. God, I thank you you have forgiven me. I thank you that even though my body feels this way right now, I know you've healed all my diseases. It says, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. That's got to be on your speed dial. <laughs> but I don't know what to say. Well, you've got lots to say. What you should do is take the word and put yourself in it. You realize when David says, like, you, O Lord, have rescued me, he was having personal talk with God. And you can make this your personal talk. Let's look at Psalm 91. Put ourselves in it here. Because I live in the shelter of the Most High, I will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You need are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out? I will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare of the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God, and I trust him. For he will rescue me from every trap and protect me from every deadly disease. He will cover me in his feathers. He will shelter me in his wings. His faithful promises are my armor and my protection. I will not be afraid of the terrors of night nor of the arrow that flies in the day. I will not dread, there, well, there we go, where did I go? I will not dread the disease that stalks in darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at noonday. Though a thousand will fall at my side, though ten thousand are dying around me, these evils will not touch me. I open my eyes, and I see how the wicked are punished, but I make the Lord my refuge. I make the most high my shelter. No evil will conquer me. No plague will come near my home. This is coming up on flu season. I've already heard people out in public preparing for sickness. Why would you prepare for sickness when you can prepare for the blessing of the Lord? What did I say? Where are your words taking you? Where are your meditation taking you? Four, he will order his angels to protect me wherever I go. They will hold me up in their hands so I won't even hurt my foot on a stone. I will trample upon lions and cobras. I will crush fierce lions and serpents under my feet. The Lord says, this is now God speaking, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. So the first half is David talking to God. You go ahead and talk to him, but make sure that you stop and let God talk back to you and listen to what he actually says. When they call on me, I will answer. That's God to you. I will be with them in trouble. That's God to you. I will rescue and honor them. That's God to you. 
I will reward them with long life and give them my salvation. That is God to you. We can't do Psalms on speed dial without doing the most famous Psalm of all. Psalm 23, let's put ourselves in it. Lord, you are my shepherd. I have all that I need. You let me rest in green meadows. You lead me beside peaceful streams. You renew my strength. You guide me along right paths, bringing honor to your name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me, and your rod and your staff protect me and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. That's enough just to meditate that one for a while. My cup overflows with blessings. But it feels like I've only got a drop in my cup. My cup overflows with blessings. Well, I don't see them talk. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord, O Lord, forever. I don't know what to say, Pastor Jordan. Get some psalms on speed dial. You don't have to know what to say when the word has already done the speaking for you. I find that it cuts through all the fog, cuts through your feelings, it cuts through your emotions, it cuts through what everybody else has said, and it only speaks the truth. Because it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. It was written down because he told them to. And he is just like God. He doesn't know how to lie. He can only speak the truth. So if it feels different, only one of you can be right. I'll smile big on that one. And maybe I'll talk to myself. Jordan, it's either you or him. If he said this and you said this, you're the one that's wrong, Jordan. Okay, I'm back. It cuts through all the lies that we tell ourselves. We speak the truth to ourselves, but it's just not always your truth. I hate when I hear people say that these days. There's no such thing as subjective truth. There's not, oh, that's your truth. There's no such thing as your truth and my truth. There's the truth. Your truth in a court of law means nothing. There's only the truth. So when we come into the court of God, there's only his truth. Nothing is subjective. It is what it is, whether people like it or not. But God has given us so many great things that we can pull out in our moment of need. Now, we only just talked about a few of them. There is a lot. Pick and choose. Tofla, you over there? Can you hand me those? Four books over there. Thanks. I've got four copies that I found in my office of the Psalms in the Message Bible. If anybody needs a little help, those are available there for you. Why don't you all stand up with me this morning?
no one else can take responsibility for your life. And so I just feel in my heart right now this morning that we need to make some decisions internally. God, I choose your way. Why don't you lift up your hands with me this morning and say that. God, I choose your way. It doesn't matter what everybody else does. I choose your way, God. I choose to follow that direction, that unction, and your truth. Oh, we know that whenever we look to you, we win. Because you said you always come through. And so we thank you for that right now. Now maybe you've been watching us via the internet this morning and you haven't made God the Lord of your life. He says if you just trust Him, He'll turn your life around. And so maybe you've been seeing things that have been overwhelming you now. You know what? Those can be done in an instant. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and He'll set you on a new path. We'd love to pray with you this morning. Guys, why don't you pray along with me? Father, I thank you for Jesus. And right now I receive him as my Lord and Savior. I let your grace flood my life right now. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer with us this morning, I'd love for you to get in contact with us so that we can get some resources in your hands and get you hooked up with a good church in your area. But guys, this week, I would take some time and fill your speed dial with the ones that speak to your situation right now. I tried to do a broad section this morning of different psalms. You know what you're going through. Fill your speed dial and put it on your mouth and get on the phone with God and align yourself. So Father, we thank you for your goodness and we thank you that you love us right now and that you have accepted us as we are. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a wonderful rest of your long weekend and enjoy that beautiful weather. Let's have some coffee and talk.